In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Memphian Baseball Podcast. I am Daily Memphian sports writer Don Wade. I am joined today by Daily Memphian sports editor Clay Bailey, who is an avid Cardinals watcher, and our friend Frank Murtaugh from the Memphis Flyer and Memphis Magazine. And uh, Frank actually just wrote a piece on the state of the Cardinals, which just to update you, if, uh, if you haven't been checking the numbers, they are two games over 500, 70 games in, so almost halfway, sitting three and a half games behind Milwaukee in the National League Central, two and a half behind the second place Cubs. It is, I would think we would agree, a big enough sample size to feel like we kind of know what we are looking at, and that's kind of what you were getting at in your piece, Frank. Right, Don. You know, we're, we're approaching the 4th of July, and there, there's no more, you know, finding ourselves or, or you know, a you know, rotation trying to find who the ace is, but here the Cardinals are uh, two games over 500 and what was supposed to be sort of a bridge season back to playoff baseball in St. Louis. And right now there, there are, there are ways from, from playing playoff baseball, but as you noted, they have the luxury of being in a division that, you know, they could, they could be in first place a week from now. They could be in last place a week from now, uh, depending on, you know, fortunes, but there are some uh, hitters and some pitchers in St. Louis who have not played up to their reputations. And unless they do, it's going to be year four of playoff free baseball up it, under the arch. We've all been watching baseball for a long time, but let's be honest that the way everybody kind of looks at pro sports now and evaluates it, we make huge assumptions way too early. And the most recent example is. The, in the NBA, the series between the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference had just started, and every national talking head was talking about the Bucks' chances against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. You can't – that was a wrong-headed approach, but you really can't do that in baseball. I mean, in a, right, Clay? I mean, it's 70 games in, but 92 to go. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, you know, we're looking at stats. I mean – Paul Goldschmidt signs a big contract, and yet he really hadn't produced, particularly at a batting average level or anything else for that matter, like you would really hope, like he did in Arizona. You could say something about the atmosphere and that type of thing, but I think that that comes into play. I mean, you know, the pitching's been the thing that's just troublesome. I mean, you know, what, they've only got one guy under four on the on ERA for the starters? Well, and, it, and it's really worse than that in some ways. I did some number – crunching this morning and let's let's go to the pitching first yeah dakota hudson is under four flaherty wainwright Nicholas are all between four and five michael walk is right at six but if you look at quality starts dakota hudson eight of 14 flaherty five of 14 wainwright six of 13 even Nicholas, who was the ace last year, just half of them, 7 of 14 in Waka, has been pretty terrible, 3 of 11. Now, amazingly, when you go look at the Cubs and Brewers, they're not dramatically different because right. it, you know, if somebody gets past the fifth inning, it's like throw a parade, you know, crown them the king right. of kings because it just doesn't hardly happen. But they've got real problems there. And you mentioned Goldschmidt. He's got 29 runs batted in. That is Fifth not, on the team. 
Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's not much return on right. your investment. No, no. And, and, you know, in the Cardinals, there's the there's the Matt Carpenter myth, too. You know, Matt Carpenter continues to bat leadoff. He is right now eighth on the Cardinals in on-base percentage. There, there's something amiss there. And, you know, I, I was witness to his August last season. You guys saw it. And he was he carried a club for a month. And that month, you know, he, he bought himself a nice extension. But the two real gambles I feel the Cardinals have made have been on that extension with Carpenter and Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis was lights out last year, 18-4, and four, an all-star. Uh, that was one season. And you talk about, you know, sample sizes within a, a, a season. Then you talk about sample sizes over the course of an individual's career. And is Miles Michaelis the guy we saw in 2018? Or he's, is he the guy that couldn't get a big league job before 2018? And right. he's looking more like the latter right now. And if that's the case, uh, John Moselak's got some explaining to do. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, talking about the Goldschmidt thing and the lack of runs batted in and everything, I mean, he's like, what, 30, 40 points below his, his career average. I mean, he's a career average 300 hitter. And, and he's hitting like 260, I think, right now or, right. or close to it. So you're not getting that production. The only thing you can say out of the um, uh, out of the starters and the quality starts is you are seeing some pretty good performances out of the bullpen with Gant, Brebbia, and I think Jordan Hicks has fallen into the closer role like you would expect him to. Those three have shown some pretty good pretty good steps for what they right. needed, but I mean that starting rotation is just terrible right now, and I mean. You know, he threw Milwaukee in the pen for a while, but and, and he comes back and has one good start, and the next one he's just as bad as he was when he left. So uh, the other thing is, and I was kind of looking at stats before we came in here too, they're just not running either. They are not playing. And, I, you know, granted, you don't want to stick with Cardinal baseball any more than you want to stick with grit and grind. But at the same time, that's the kind of thing that they've worked on and, and been good at. And I think, what, maybe Wong – I think Wong has like 13 stolen bases. But you know what? They actually lead the National League in stolen bases. But with 49, it's a small number. It's it's not the 1980s, right? right. And and when you look at some of the team stats, this is what really jumped out at me is that – there were the Cardinals are worse than they appear at first glance, and they're tenth in the National League in both runs scored and batting average. Okay, throw batting average away, but they're twelfth in doubles, thirteenth in triples, eleventh in home runs, and twelfth in total bases. And what that says to me is that as much as the game has changed just in the last five years, with every hitter going up there seeking to launch the ball and hit it out of the ballpark, nobody's going up there to hit a single anymore just right that's not the game right that the way the cardinals some of these players the way they built it's just not enough you know they right. want to trumpet colton wong as this you know should be gold glove second baseman well he's got seven airs that's the most on on the team and he's playing second base paul DeYoung's playing shortstop right. and has three guess what shortstop's a lot tougher Position right. now they are a lot better defensively. That last year they were the worst defensive team in baseball, 133 errors. They're fourth in the National League, so they've improved there. But it just, to me, guys, it feels like when you're watching the Cardinals play, you you don't ever feel like there's some guy that's going to really step up and carry them. Even Ozuna, who leads in home runs and RBIs, he's he's hitting in the 250s. I think there's like there's nobody who's got 
an all-around game. Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals, there's a lot of role ambiguity on the Cardinals roster. And I think baseball players crave knowing their role, what they're going to p- play. And you, you, know, you mentioned Colton Wong. With Wong and Bader, they have a couple of guys that ha- go back 30 years. They would have been the catalysts up at the top of the order, bunning, taking a, you know an extra base, stealing bases, stealing third base. With one out, why not steal third? It doesn't happen anymore. I, I don't think... Uh, Mike Schilt yet has command of his roster in such a way that the players know what is expected of them game to game, week to week. And until they they have that cohesion, I think you're going to see some of the splintered play we've seen. You know, they they will sweep the Cubs in, at Bush Stadium and then go down to Wrigley and look, you know, look miserable for three well, Let games. me play devil's advocate. And I'll let you get take first crack at this, Clay. But sometimes, I mean, I get what you're saying, Frank, but sometimes I kind of feel like, and we hear it all the time in the NBA too, you know, so-and-so didn't understand their role. Well, your role is to help the team win. Sometimes I just want to say, your role is to help the team win, okay? Yeah, and I I think the other thing, all of us that have watched them over the years know that they, they've always had this almost rotational infield, if you will. Guy would be playing second one day, and Carpenter would be at third, and then third he's over at first base, and then right. you know DeYoung's playing second, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's playing short. And the only thing, only person who didn't move was Wong, unless he right. moved down to Memphis for a couple of weeks and to get, get your scorecard out to see. Yeah, who's playing exactly. Where. And right. so you know, even Jerko, you know, it was the same type of thing. So I think you know that's a little bit of what they are historically, but at the same time. It is nice if you go out there and all of a sudden you know you're going to play shortstop 75, 80% of the time, and maybe maybe they're starting to do that more. Um, you know, I don't know. You, you do look that there's some lack of consistency when you – the Cubs series, the two of them are the perfect example. How do you go through one and then go through the other? It's baffling sometimes. Well, well at in, some level, I mean, and I'm sure that uh, – the hardcore Cardinals fan in St. Louis would probably agree at least with this much. You know, some of this you lay at the feet of the Dexter Fowler deal, right? Because he was supposed to, he was supposed to solve your leadoff problem for right. you. And then you were going to line up everything after that. And he's producing more than he did previously, but that's a pretty low bar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well, the lineup is, it just, it disappears too easily. They, they recently scored four runs in the first inning of a ball game and I'm forgetting the opponent guys, but then they did not, did not hit a ball out of the infield. They won with the rest three of the hits game. on Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. yeah, they three just, hits against the There are too many they stretches won. with the Cardinals' offense just not um, putting two or, or even three, you know, as many as two hits in an inning together, let alone three or four. And you're not going to win a lot of baseball games, not over the course of a six-month season, unless, back to that pitching, unless you've got your stopper who's shutting a team down for six or seven innings, and they don't have, have that guy in the rotation right now. And I don't think when Adam Wainwright comes off the IL, he's the guy. No. Do, do either one of y'all see – any help to that Fowler situation down here? I mean, they've brought brought Thomas up, yeah, um, for just four or five games. They brought O'Neill up, or he started out there, and now he's he seems to be buried down here. Yeah. I mean, why I not play? Why not give Martinez, Jose Martinez, more at bats? To right. me, he should have more at bats, and some of these other guys should have fewer. Yeah, they've got this four outfielders in three positions uh, dilemma. Um, you know, Clay. As far as what's what we see here in Memphis, I've when I've been asked that question um, early this earlier this year, I've, I've described it sort of as a gap year in Memphis. It seems like you've got some prospects at the lower levels. Everybody wants to see Norman Gorman, Nolan Gorman, um, in Memphis at least briefly before he heads to St. Louis and starts slugging the ball. But I'm not sure I see 
Um, the guys, uh, I mean, Adolis Garcia, uh, Randy Rosarena had a great game yesterday, made a spectacular catch, mm-hmm. and he can hit the ball at times. But, you know, they're not carrying those, you know, 280 to 300 batting averages that you tend to see at AAA for, from a hitter who's going to be a consistent, you know, difference maker at the big league level. I'm not sure helps on the way from Memphis. i tell you something else that the Cardinals don't have, in my estimation, that the Brewers certainly have, and you could maybe argue the Cubs have. Is that is a couple of guys that can that can kind of dominate a game or a series. I mean, Christian Yelich is having another MVP type season, yeah. and he can oh, single handedly yeah. destroy your pitching staff in right. a no series. And there is no, you know, the Cubs did sign Kimbrel, so they're hoping he's going to solve their closer situation. But there's nobody like Josh Hader. He's he's pitched like 35 innings this year and allowed 13 hits, and I think he's got almost 70 strikeouts. I mean, he doesn't just come in and right. do his job. He comes in and just stuffs the other the other team. The Cardinals, that kind of player just doesn't exist. No, I mean, what you're describing are automatics and they're the rarest commodity in baseball. You, you, you the aim is just to find some players who are consistent, but you're talking about automatics. I mean, Hater comes in, you know what what's going to happen. It's it's bad news for the team in the other uniform. The Cardinals don't have that. Um, Marcelo Zuna's had a really good season. You know, he, his RBIs player are climbing way up there. He's going. He's still a liability in he, left field. Yeah, though. Let's is, not forget that. And he, you know, he's playing for a contract. And I don't know if he's he's a long term Cardinal or not. But if Marcelo Zuna is your guy, again, I don't I don't think that's the answer. You need three or four guys. Um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, Matt Carpenter, uh, Paul DeYoung was looked like that. The first six weeks of the season, uh, he hasn't been as consistent. Um, but uh, until the Cardinals find those guys that can. You know, at least play a, a you know a fraction of the role Yelich is playing in Milwaukee. Um, the winning streaks aren't going to come. Well, of course, the interesting thing about about Yelich and, and then the Ozuna thing is that out of the three outfielders that were in Miami at that yeah. time, you know, Ozuna <laughs> was really the last one you would want. Yeah, right, and, right. And so, you know, because they're standing over, you know, except yeah. for the injuries, you know, yeah. having a great career with the Yankees, you know. It, you're right. There's just not that guy you can say. And and I thought Goldschmidt was going to be it. I, did I thought too. he would I be the too. leader of this team. Right. And because he had shown it in Arizona, he had shown production, and he certainly has a reputation of being a pretty good first baseman. So you think, okay, this is going to work out. And, you know, sometimes change of scenery, different ballpark, you know, you lose a little bit, and it'll translate in eventually. Right now it hadn't. And and you just you know he's got it. He'll have the game where he's got three home runs, but he's only got thirteen for the year. Right. And right. and so you know you're not seeing a guy yeah. that every game, two games, three games, going to get you a home run and drive in three that night or or whatever. And so, I you know you just kind of hope that somewhere all this starts fitting together like it's supposed to. And I don't know that it's Schultz's problem. I don't. You know, some would say it's the young manager. And that could be true, but but you know there's a there's a lot of pieces here to move around, and you know trying to trying to find a way to to fill in the gaps where you've got right. a defensive liability in left field with Azuna. But I think Goldschmidt's hurt by what's around him too, and what I mean by that is he's on a pace where he's gonna as he does strike out 150 times. Right. Okay, there are a lot of guys that do that now. But if you have a lineup full of people basically hitting 260 and south, you can't have that. No question. Right? Well, I mean, it, you know, somewhere there has to be somebody that, you know, keeps the line moving, yeah. as the saying goes. And there's nobody who's really doing that besides DeYoung. 
Well, you know, and, and I keep beating up on Matt Carpenter, but Goldschmidt's hitting behind Carpenter. And, and that, that means normally Paul Goldschmidt is coming up without anybody on base. Right. And, you know, whether you need to drop Goldschmidt in the order, I don't know. Um, I wonder, and I, I know Paul wouldn't acknowledge it, but if, if he's just you know, putting more pressure on himself than he needs, you know, with the big contract and playing mm-hmm. in St. Louis, which is an entirely different culture than playing in Phoenix. Right. Um, I would keep an eye on the upcoming West Coast trip they have. They go out, and I think it's nine games, uh, San Diego, Seattle, San Francisco. That might be a trip where these guys, um, you know, make or break. You bond, you come together. Some of those those road trips have turned seasons around. That might be one that the Cardinal fans will want to circle um, collectively to see if it changes the season. Before we move on from the Cardinals, um, I would ask – uh, what what it was like, Frank? You were just there for the celebration of the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup. Uh, every, obviously, everybody's focused on the Blues, but do the Cardinals get some cover in a weird way because of the Blues, you or know, does it put yeah. more pressure on them? Listen, because look what the Blues just did. Now you know, uphold your traditional championship standard. <laughs> they sure had cover this weekend, Don. I, I was um, I, I've never been a part of the crowd I saw under the arch uh, Saturday in St. Louis. I, I'm, I'm a long time, long suffering blues fan. So I, I told myself for years, I would, I would be there for a parade down market street with everyone, the Stanley cup. And this has happened. And um, I, I told my wife at one point around uh, two, you know, mid afternoon that I, I, first of all, I can't believe I'm in St. Louis in June with the Cardinals out of town. And second of all, mm-hmm. I don't see any Yadier Molina jerseys. And now five minutes later, she found one and there were Cardinal jerseys in this crowd, but it was just a sea of blue. And uh, it, you know, what it says to me is that St. Louis is, it's not just a baseball town. It's a great hockey town. It's just a great sports town. And they, you know, that this franchise that um, um, has knocked on the door somewhat, but really not, not close enough to ever, you know, talk parade to finally win it was extraordinary. What I think it's going to do is make the standards impossibly high for the Cardinals because a, a three-game winning streak is not going to do it right now. Not when you have images of, you know, Colton Pareko and Alex Petrangelo sharing beer out of the cup with fans along Market Street. It, it's just... A little more exciting. It was, yeah, it was... <laughs> well, okay. It I was won't. extraordinary. It well, was, you know, World Cupish is what it felt like. It felt like something that was global right there in a, in a relatively small downtown community of St. Louis, Missouri. Along that same line... How much is what the Blues did over the last month and a half, two months, how much is that taking the pressure and attention off of what the Cardinals are doing right yeah. now? Oh, absolutely. There's no question, Clay. And, you know, if you want to get down to it, if, if anything, the Blues should serve as inspiration to the Cardinals. They had the worst record in the NHL in January. Right. They were a lot worse off than the Cardinals are right now. And it, so teams can turn around. You know, we learned with the Blues that they were much better than they played for the first two and a half months of the hockey season. I'm not convinced the Cardinals are much better than what we've seen over the 70-game the sample size. But they can at least tell themselves that if you're looking for ways to bond and ways to you know, try and find traction, look at our hockey brothers. You know, they did it. You know, you mentioned the West Coast swing coming up, and you're right. I mean, it can be make or break because that has those three teams provide the potential for having a very successful road trip. I mean, those right. are not – you know, West teams. Coast powers right. by any means, especially the Giants this year and right. somewhat Seattle. Um, but So, you know, you're right. I mean, if they come off of that sub-500, then that could be one of those, okay, now what are you doing? Are you buying, selling at the All-Star break? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you know, if we're looking at things, what, what do y'all think they need to do? You know, is there a trade market here? Right. And, and how will the fan base receive them when they come back from that trip? Yeah. It's going to be, you know, A or B. And yeah. uh, the Cardinals are going to have to 
hope for A, I guess, if, if that's the... <laughs> I guess the there's, always, there's always been the criticism that they don't do things. This may be the year they, they have to do a lot yeah. to, to change that whole culture. Absolutely. On social media, the, the, the one name I see more, criticized more than any other, more than any player, is John Mozeliak. Yeah. I mean, it's time for, for Mo to, to, to dance, I suppose. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on and let's talk about a couple of managers with local ties. Uh, guys from Germantown, Ben Johnson, who's managing the Memphis Redbirds this year, and then Mickey Calloway, who's in his second year with the New York Mets. Actually, did a piece on Mickey a couple of weeks ago. Uh, spoke to his brother Casey and his old high school baseball coach Phil Clark, just about you know what it's like to kind of watch him take the arrows he's taking in New York. There's no media market like New York. They will. They will rough you up on a good day and then get mean on a bad day. Uh, so he's having to deal with all of that. Uh, he is, like much like Ben, he's just a nice person. He's a nice human being, which maybe isn't – this is what the New York media would tell you – doesn't make you necessarily cut out for that environment. And Andrew Miller, uh, Cardinals reliever, uh, who, of course, pitched for uh, Mickey when he was pitching coach with Cleveland, even said this weekend when they were in New York that – you know, it's it's just a whole different animal for him. You know, it's not Cleveland. You're not in Cleveland anymore, Dorothy. Um, what are your thoughts on Mickey's situation and his you know his job has supposedly been hanging by a thread for a good month? Well, yeah, you know, you contrast it with St. Louis and and look at what Mike Matheny he outlived probably by two and a half three years uh, his his you know desired uh, position in St. Louis with the fan base. And that's not going to ha- happen for Mickey, as you note, Don. I mean, the, that is, a, um, that is a, a, a boiling pot, whether or not the oven's on, you know, at, at City Field. Um, I haven't been able to visit with Mickey as you have. Uh, I, I would, I'd like to pick his brain. I know, I know Ben is the kind of guy that, um, you know, the Redbirds are, I think, 12 games under 500 right now. And you, you just, you bleed for him in ways that you, you might not have for Stubby Clapp because Stubby losses roll off his back. And, and, and Ben is such a good guy and part of our community. And uh, they're just, they're easy to root for. They're both easy to root for. I think, you know, the, and look, you take the gig that's in front of you and it was a great opportunity for Mickey to get into the managing thing. But, whew, man, it sure would have been nice if he'd have been in a Baltimore or, an Atlanta or down in Miami or wherever, you know, Tampa Bay. I mean, you could name, you know, dozens of places he probably would have done well or that have been more patient with what he's doing and not after two years be going, holy, you know, it's hard to believe that well, he's having this much trouble when I don't know if he's having that much trouble. He doesn't have a very good team. For right. The roster's not very good. And let's face it, their ownership and front office situation has been a mess, too. So well, he's, got, that, he's got all of it. Well, and even if you win as a Met, there are New Yorkers who say you're not the Yankees. Right. I mean, right. so it's impossible. It's a really, really – maybe may the, the toughest job in baseball. I'm just trying to brainstorm one that would be harder. But that that's – Mickey's in a in a, a tough spot. I know he'd he'd look you in the eye and tell you that he's 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 ready and he's gonna you know do the do his darndest. But man, well, and he, he hadn't gotten any help from his starting pitching right. that should have been right. his strength. Yeah. I mean, Lord have mercy, they yeah. didn't. They've been average, yeah, at best. At, at best. And those are two guys you really expected to dominate, right? And uh, you know, I mean, they've gotten some good play out of some players, but 
you know, the outfield's just – I mean, you talk about the four people in the Cardinals outfield. Man, yeah. You can, you can pick all day and you may not get the right guy in the Mets outfield right now. You know, how quickly the fortunes of the Mets changed. I mean, you know, you know darn well, you know, the Mets were in the World Series not that long ago when Matt Harvey was yeah. the dark night and here we are, um, you know, beyond Syndergaard and DeGrom. What do the Mets have to deliver? Except for Alonzo. I mean, he's had a good year. Right. And, you know, right. but now they're down to just – I mean – I saw right as we came in that they're still talking about Nemo and what uh, what injuries he's dealing with. And you know, well, they did come up short against the Royals, for the record. Let's just, yeah. be, let's just set that straight. <laughs> I, I, I set that on a tee for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I can't let that go. Yeah. Sorry. Um, well, before we go, uh, I just kind of want to make the point that there is a lot of baseball talent that comes out of the Memphis area. We hear all the time, and rightly so, about all the basketball and football talent that comes out of Memphis. There's a ton of baseball ball talent that comes out of here a lot of guys go and play college play division one there are m- multiple players scattered throughout the minor leagues right now i uh, just wrote about brent rooker who ecs mississippi state uh he's in triple a with the twins unfortunately if you're a left fielder first baseman like brent is with the minnesota twins you're looking up at the team that's on its pace to Man. hit more than 300 home runs and so he may be waiting a while uh Another kid, Jonathan Bolin, who Arlington and Bartlett and, of course, pitched for the University of Memphis, had an 18-strikeout game, and his dad, Mark, threw the only perfect game in Memphis history. Uh, he made the Class A All-Star team in the South Atlantic Lake in the Royals organization. Got a story on him that's going to be posted tomorrow. Shameless plugs here, I know. Uh, and then have not caught up with this young man, but really need to, Austin Riley from DeSoto County, who is killing it with the Braves and killing it at a rate that in a limited number of at-bats, they're going to have to think about putting him on the all-star team. Well, you know, Riley's with uh, as special a team as there is in baseball right now. The Braves are coming, folks. I mean, this is this is the new era upon us, but with, with Acuna and, and you know, veterans like Freddie Freeman, um, um, uh, Marcakis, that, that team is that, – that's a winner. Um, the Phillies have their work cut out for them, if you ask me, as far as that division goes. And if the Braves get into the, into the tournament, you know, it could be a special year in Atlanta. Well, and you know, the other thing is, is that their pitching staff is almost starting to mold itself into, I, I don't want to overstate, you know. Yeah, that's not fair. Point. Don't do that. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, when you look at Max Fried and, and you look at Soroka and these guys that are coming up, right. I mean, they, they've been Young really and good. Yeah. And, I mean, even at times the guys that are sitting in the middle, you know, they've had good outings. And so, you know, there's – there is a lot of talent on that pitching staff, and you know maybe they did pick up a, a sleeper in Luke Jackson as far as uh, a closer. I mean he struggled a little bit, but but yeah, I mean they're they're starting to put some things together, and you're right. I mean they you're they've got a very good mix of of veterans going with. Them. I'm 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 not speaking for all of Cardinal Nation, but I, I would say that there is some brave envy in, among a lot of Cardinal fans because the Braves are doing it right. I mean mm-hmm. they're you know across. Your, your elements of a, of a baseball team, pitching, defense, uh, hitting, the Braves are, are rising. And it's, uh, it's, it's almost intimidating to watch from. Well, at not quite the halfway point. point of the season, if you, especially if you look at the wild card race in the National League. It's kind of like looking at the Kentucky Derby halfway through. I mean, there are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of horses bunched together, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, there may be somebody that pops out of there that you don't expect to do it. And uh, for Cardinal Nation, they hope – that's going to be the boys with the, the birds on the bat, but they've got some work to do. 
Um, that's going to wrap it up for us in this edition of the Daily Memphian Baseball Podcast. I will tell you that you can follow Frank Murtaugh on Twitter, at Frank Murtaugh, Clay Bailey, at Clay Bailey 9 and that was his number when he played for the Cardinals of maybe not the major leagues, but some level. And then uh, you can follow me at D Wade M E M. Our thanks to our producer, Natalie Van Gundy. You can find this podcast on our daily Memphian site or iTunes, Spotify, and Google play. Thanks for listening. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, the Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.